This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. About time you picked up. Listen, you just dial the phone right. Tell Skype to work. Listen, I can't help that Skype is a piece of hot garbage. Are you going through uh, Ronnie Barron's windmill internet uh, service again? No, I have fantastic internet service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For, for all the pornography. That's right. Hello. 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 <laughs> I had to get fiber so I can watch PornTube in HD. Nice. Goodness. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's true. Very interesting. It's a fact. <laughs> well, the small... The small suburbs in Chicago don't do fiber. Really? You don't have fiber? Mm-mm. It's terrible. It's all right. Hey, Rob, don't you work for Verizon? You should get on that. Yeah, I've got Fios. <laughs> yeah, why... jump on that, will you? <laughs> why, don't, why, don't, why don't you have it, Nick? Call, call <laughs> Mr. Verizon and tell him to get on that. Yeah, exactly. Get, get Johnny Horizon on that, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, wait, you, you can't record a retrocast if you have Fios. I know, right? I, you're not supposed to tell me. You, you're supposed to put your AOL CD in there and... Bam! <laughs> That's what they think I'm doing. So don't say have Fios take the day off. Exactly. Mm. I make all the modem sounds and stuff when I connect. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. Hey Nick, I, I know you saw it. The uh, Robinson's writing cable. Uh yeah, I hearted it. Weird. That's the first time I've ever seen that. I didn't know I that. Think, I think Robinson will happily write anything if there's a paycheck attached to it. True. Well, he's writing the so. um, Nick Fury book. And how's I that? would like to read that. It's good. It's weird, but I mean, you're supposed to expect that, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of pink in it. A lot of pink? Oh. A lot of pink. It's weird. A lot of pink. Huh. I didn't know Nick Fury was associated with the color pink. Well, it's Nick Fury Jr. Because, oh. you know, Nick Fury's, uh he's in the moon. Oh, okay. He, with yeah, the Beyonder eye? I didn't know what happened to him until recently. I think Martin was you and Daryl or something a while back were talking about it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know what had happened to him. Yep. Akko, Echo, whatever. ACO is the artist. ACO. Yeah, it's good. It's very, like, minimalist. Hmm. Okay. You should get on that, dude. There's only two issues out. <laughs> well, oh, and did Comixology already have a sale on it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, right on they that. sell it and you buy it. It's always on sale. <laughs> That's right. Issue two is on sale now. I, I guess I should correct my statement and say, uh, <laughs> has it dropped in price yet? Then, uh, uh, no, that, yeah, Jack, it, that it has not. Jack reached out and wanted my opinion on uh, Secret Empire number two. Mm, I haven't read and, it. and I said, 
well, as soon as they drop on a Comixology sale or the trade comes out, I'll be right on that. So I'll talk to you in about 18 months. Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to pull back a little, and the only only direction I can pull back is really Marvel. Like yep. most of the other stuff is stuff that I really really enjoy. Yep. So as titles are kind of petering out, um, you know, and then maybe they'll get relaunched, but I'm not gonna probably not going to pick them up unless I'm really really enjoying them. I was doing well, really well on pulling back and all of a sudden it's like, bam! Here's 80 books again. <laughs> Is it DCBS that sort of just tempts you with the, the entire line at a huge discount? Yeah, it's kind of that. Plus you're like, eh, if I go to the store, this book's 4 bucks. They have it for $2. I'll get it. Yeah. Bam. That, and that's, a big, that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. all of yeah. a sudden you have, you know, 80 books, 100 books, you never know. But, but Nick, to your that. point, the the DC, they, I mean, it's been it's been just over a year, right? And they're yep. they're still doing the DC bundles. So it's like wow. if they didn't have the, I mean, it's all fifty percent off. If they wow. didn't do a bundle, I think what are they like thirty five or forty percent off? Yep. Um, I would probably only drop like two or three books. So at this point, I'm just you know, saving money by doing the bundle rather than getting them separately. So <laughs> whenever the bundle stops, I would drop. I'm really only going to drop a handful of books. I think I only That's dropped. Pretty remarkable. I dropped yeah. Blue Beetle, Supergirl. I think Superwoman. Supergirl and Blue Beetle would be two of those. That, that might be the. Those might be the only ones I would drop now. Although Hellblazer actually hasn't been doing it for me um, the past like maybe three months. I'm still getting it, but I haven't read it in like three or four months. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, gosh. I totally agree with Blue Beetle and uh, and Supergirl. Although Blue Beetle's actually started to get better in the past couple of months, where really? Supergirl's just horrible. Of course it would when I quit reading it. <laughs> oh, and JLA, I dropped that. Fuck that book. Yeah, that is that is not hot garbage. I actually posed a question to. Um, Daryl and Mike oh, um, maybe the next time they record but maybe you guys might know I don't know anything about Steve Orlando until I heard that he started to do you know Midnighter and then yep. Midnighter and Apollo so the only thing I'm aware that he do- that he's done is Midnighter slash Midnighter and Apollo Supergirl and Justice League of America and yet everyone says how wonderful Steve Orlando is but the only thing that he's written that's been any good is Midnighter as far as I've read so I don't know what he's done before that. Well, don't you think they just said that because Midnighter was so good? I mean, is that it? Is did he write other stuff before that, or I I I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure he has, but I don't know what. Okay. The All first right. time I heard of him was through Midnighter and Apollo. Gotcha. So I mean, that was good, but I mean, everything else that he's been writing has been pretty, pretty boring. To be honest, mm, 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 mm. yeah, I think I think I noticed him. Did he write any of Dark Side War? Did he? It's me. It might have been an offshoot uh, yeah, issue. Yeah, he but... did. I think he did one of the one shots. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And I think other than that, or like some of the Night of the Monster Men, which is more current, I think mm-hmm. I I fell in love with him through Midnighter. Yeah. See, he's co-writing Batman the Shadow, which is really good, but that's also Snyder. Yeah, and that's only one issue so far. True. And, 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 but, I mean, you're right, it was really good. 
Yeah, it's Snyder and him. Oh my god, him and Jurgens are co-writing the Sandman special one-shot. <laughs> the Golden Age did you, Sandman. Did you say Sandman Mystery Theater? Then I would be all over that. Well, it's no. not even the Golden oh, no, it's, Age no, it's Sandman. The it's, the Kirby, it's the Kirby Sandman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Ooh. he's showing up. I have no idea what's... We're totally, you know, we're not even focused on what we're supposed to be talking about. But <laughs> I, this is... this is. I don't know what is going on. Like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this Kirby Sandman with Glob and Brute are showing up all over the place because I'm reading Infinity Incorporated. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost done with it. And it's getting into now... He's visiting Fury. Fury's pregnant. And, like, I, this just happened. And then all of a sudden, I read... What did I just read? I just read something else. That he was showing up in, mm-hmm. was it Bug? The, that Adventures of the Forger? I don't remember. But then, and then all of a sudden, I see this in the solicits. I'm like, what is going on? It's like <laughs> out of nowhere. I literally have not seen this character in like 30 years, and suddenly I see him three times. In like one <laughs> That's great. Uh huh. Amazing. I, I'm glad they're I doing love... that uh, that Kirby stuff though. Yeah, it's cool. That's gonna be awesome. I have noticed Rob on your uh, comics I've read today. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, I've noticed the quick decline of the Marvel titles of images. I'm still getting like 24 different books or 24, 25 different books, but yeah, but it used to be 50 50 almost. Yeah, so it was almost 50 You're right. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? I know one title you're gonna pick up, the new what? Inhumans title. I will not be picking that up. Once in Future Kings. Yes, you will. Oh, because no. Christopher Priest is writing it. That's all right. You let me know if it's any good. And if it's as good, half as good as Deathstroke, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. Mm. Deathstroke is pretty good, but I'm not going to buy the Inhumans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I love, I love Martin, how, how, how Rob corrects all of our behavior by not talking about the topic that uh, we're all here to talk about. But he was the one that started the Steve Orlando. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, come on now. Let's get to our topic. How about that? Oh, Ooh. I don't even know. Ooh. I, I, don't, I don't even remember anything about it. Finally. Oh, don't say that. After all these years of people waiting, <laughs> finally, we reunite to discuss Starman exactly. Volume 3. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. It's, uh, let's see if I remember. Starman 30 to 38, Annual Number 2, and Secret Files? Is that right? You're missing, you're missing a lot. Am I? Yeah, there's also Shade, what is it, 1 through 4? Yeah, Shade, the Shade on it. Oh, sh- yeah, okay, so I don't read those. What are you? I those didn't. Are really what are those? Are beneath you or? No, yeah. no, no. Too good for him. Because I, I put together a list of what I found was in this trade. Because if you look up the trade, you it won't mm-hmm. tell you anywhere what the hell's in it. That's so annoying. And usually it? you can go to Comixology and it'll tell you, but Comixology does not sell the trades. They only sell you single issues. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I don't know if they have some kind of creator deal with Robinson and Tony Harris. And maybe that's why. Um, no. No? Okay. I don't know. You never know. Highly doubt Cause, it. Because, I mean, when you read the book, like, the first panel of every single issue is created by uh, James Robinson and Tony Harris. 
So mm-hmm. I don't I didn't know if they had some kind of deal on here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so but the I only found one list <laughs> and it had those those issues. Did not Tell me again, anything what, about Shane. What, what, what did you have? Uh Starman 30 through yeah. 38. There you go. Annual number 2. Yeah. And the secret Origin files, files. Yeah. yeah. Secret Good. files. Yeah, that's Secret everything files. except for the, the mini. But uh, the, I have to say the mini was – Nick, Nick, you read the, the mini? Uh, yeah, because I remember – this is how slyly I'll correct Martin without actually saying I'm going to correct Martin. <laughs> oh, uh, I, remem- I remember you, uh, Rob, throwing out in our uh, private conversation – Hey, don't forget about Shade One through Four. So I went and grabbed my physical omnibus. Look at you! Oh, see, I forgot all about that. Yeah, it was good. It, it was, you know, it's the whole thing with him and Lavongos, and, and uh, so it kind of ties into that. Uh, did we already read that issue with the spider, or is that also in this volume? I don't even know. Well, uh, that I don't recall. I don't <laughs> think so. Cause the only time Shade shows up here is in issue thirty-eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it must have been in the volume before. Oh, wait, no, that, not 38. Um, 35, 6? I don't know. When they're... he He's the one that stops Pip. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. A character who shares a name with uh, Nick's favorite character of all time. Oh, yeah, God. I just listened to that episode. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. But this guy is not a troll. No. He's an arsonist. He, he doesn't smoke a cigar, thank God. He does not. He does not. But, but the shade, mm-hmm. young Martin, yes. has art by Gene Ha, okay. Brett Blevins, J.H. Uh, William III? Really? I think so, yeah. And Michael Zuli. So those are pretty, even if the, the stories are good, really good. Sure. I thought but, so. Just the art alone is so pretty. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I do like J.H. Williams. But yeah, well, it was a good story. Okay, so uh, the, G- what... the Gene Ha story was really nice. I like that one a lot. Why don't you guys tell me a little bit about this mini since I did not read it? Oh. Uh, the one that st- stood out for me was the Gene Ha one uh, where a rich... What what would you even call him, Rob? Like a financier, uh, finds shade. Yeah. Uh, sort of out of sorts. He he's it's almost like he lost his memory. Mm-hmm. Yes, Can't he definitely. Figure... He had lost his memory for sure. Yes. But it, but at first you thought, is he like drunk, hungover? Like you couldn't really quite figure it out. And then like you find out he lost his memory. So while getting nursed back to health, uh, this this rich family takes him in and nurses him back to health. And then they go out for a ride in the country to <laughs> visit uh, someone out in the country. And they're really far away yep. uh, from a very, like an isolated mansion. Hmm. And then um, I don't even know if I want to spoil anything, but uh, shenanigans, shenanigans uh, go on and shade discovers that the people that took him in, aren't really on the up and up they aren't really like aristocrats or they are but they're what would you even call them like thrill killers yeah yeah and in the you get the sense that this the reason why he's he's kind of like lost his memory and doesn't quite know who he is 
seems to be a side product of him becoming you know immortal as the as the shade like did you get that sense nick yeah because he had you know he... he was the shade but he didn't quite know that he was until his you know his life was in danger he certainly didn't it didn't seem like he had all of his uh faculties right hmm. he was just learning certain parts of of himself yeah and so this family's called the ludlows and the the rest of the um miniseries kind of weaves in and out of his of how he keeps encountering them throughout yeah, the relatives history. of the Ludlows <laughs> all, the, all the heirs because they basically you know have had uh, made uh, kind of you know as as they grow and part of their you know part of their history is that they they impart with with, with the children that you know the, the shade is is basically you know to be killed uh, mm-hmm. and the, the mortal reason why enemy. they exist yeah yeah mortal enemy the, the, the reason they exist basically is to to put an end to the shade and so he has it, to keep dealing with them. it's the typical robinson and he does this with heroes and villains as well it's <clears throat> showing the generational change of people but yet they all at their core are all pretty much the same mm-hmm. whether you're the grandson or the great grandson it doesn't matter you're pretty much you're raised with the same core attachment hmm. right don't you get that with robinson a lot rob like star like golden age mm-hmm. he, he was trying to pull at like oh you know these characters from the 30s and 40s but here they are modernized quote unquote but yet they're still the same exact character yeah that's a good way to say it and he did that with what was it what was the revamp Earth three? Did he do that? Where he turned? Um, I'm sorry. Who was it? Uh, the Flash, Aquaman, Gay. Oh, that's Earth two. Earth two. The very, the very beginning of Earth two. Yeah. Earth two. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He did. He wrote that. And I think if he would have stayed on that, there was you could tell he was getting a group dynamic down really well with those characters if they would have just left him on it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I ended up dropping it after four issues, but it, it's not because of the quality. It just wasn't what I, I was hoping for basically a JSA mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that I was familiar with. And obviously they you know, had a, a different idea of what they wanted to do and it just didn't work for me at the time. Hmm. For sure. So, wh- where does this mini fit in to the rest of this volume, or is it? Uh, at... it's, it's the first four issues of of this volume. But if you're asking chronologically, okay. it fits in almost like his like out of time issues mm-hmm. or Times the past, annuals, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like they they don't fit anywhere chronologically, right? Okay. They're just they're a little they're a little gift like a little island. Well, the reason I ask is why is it included in the Starman Volume Three collection? That, I think that's just chronologically when it was published, released. Yeah. So pretty much they're like, eh, nobody's gonna buy this shade trade. Let's just put it in with the Starman. 
I don't ever remember it being traded. I could be no, wrong. I, don't, I mean, I, I, you, you, I mean, you might be. I'm sure you're right. I, I don't. I'm. I really don't remember. I bought the single issues at the time. Um, it, you know, Nick, you say a lot. These are very thin volumes, which you're you're right in terms of it not being a true omnibus. But on the other hand, it is including everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that is part of the Starman. I guess story. So mm-hmm. you know, Shade being part of that, it they include. I know plenty of people that they love this size of volume. I just don't like that the term omnibus is put with it. Right. And that's that makes all. Sense. Yeah, and that that's makes all. sense. Yeah, if it was complete collection or complete series, I would have no issue with that. Yeah. They're very well done. The the binding is fantastic. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's a great book. The colors are really vibrant. Hmm. Hmm. But boy, when that shade was coming out, like to get the notice uh, when you're reading previews or your, you know, comic book news store pamphlets, and all of a sudden it's like, there's a shade mini coming. So <laughs> one month you get two issues of like Starman focused. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you be in heaven. <laughs> so I think I think the way that this volume uh, is put together is quite a bit different than the first two that we read. Um, it seemed mm-hmm. like the first two were like two arcs, I guess, or three arcs. Whereas this one is it's one overarching arc, mm-hmm. but really it's a four issue arc and then a bunch of one shots. I yeah. love overall. I loved Volume Three, but to your point, this is the first one that felt real hodgepodgey to me. See, and it's funny because I think I mentioned this when I kind of wrapped up reading it. But so far, this is my favorite volume. Interesting. I don't know if it's my favorite volume, but I really, really loved the one shots. Um, although it seems like a lot of that maybe wouldn't make a lot of sense without having the context of 30 to 33. Right. Um, but even then, like, there's no way you could have picked this book up at, like, issue 34, right? No. Uh, <laughs> or, even, or even 30. Like, or, or, like, that, any number other than one. <laughs> that, pi- that, pir- that three-issue pirate story, if you would just pick it up, sure, it's very, very well told. But you would be scratching your head like, this is a superhero comic? How, how, what? Right. <laughs> but I loved it. Like, I loved that. I loved the, so- I loved the heroes going into Solomon Grundy's mind. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I loved Ted showing up. Like, Spoiler, I, like that father and son moment, as you two both know. Yep. Holy <laughs> cow. Wait a minute. <laughs> I really enjoyed um, the whole, uh, for the most part, the Infernal Mr. Pip thing. And especially one of the things that I liked is just like you have a, a villain that's been in and out of the DC universe <laughs> for years. And it's Copperhead, right? Yeah. And yeah. that they just make him just a regular. I mean, you see him outside of his 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 you know doing just villainous things where he's he collects <laughs> he collects transistor radios. You know, of of course he does, right? So, <laughs> so you see him in his off time going from 
from you know place to place trying to find transistor radios that he doesn't have. I mean, it's just like it's just those little like things that that I really appreciate. It's it gives them a little extra character uh, that you don't get anywhere else. Well, I mean, really, it gives them character. Period. Right. Because right. it, in, yeah. in any other superhero story, you would just the villain pops in, does the bad thing, and gets defeated, goes away. Exactly. Whereas here, you kind of see, yes, he's a villain, but you know, he's, he's a person too. He's a person, right? Like mm-hmm. he's got hobbies. He doesn't just yeah. go around killing people. He collects radios. Right, and and it's like he's he, yeah, you know, one of the shops, you know, he went ahead and he, and he did his whatever <laughs> business he wanted to conduct, and then he left and. And then in another uh, another shop, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, like the the scarf around his his face kind of yes 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 it came down and he's like oh dear he's like well we can't have anyone know that I'm that I'm in town so then he ended up having to kill the guy <laughs> <laughs> villains villains got to be a villain uh huh mm-hmm. so even it's like the, it was, it even was cool. the haggling the haggling well, yeah. that 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 he did before it's like. All Copperhead had to do was just take that transistor rate. The shop owner was going to do nothing about right. it. Right. But the shop owner's like, obviously, you know exactly what this is and how much it should be going for. So let's it, just cut to the chase. Yeah. Exactly. He wasn't there to be a villain. He was yeah. there as a collector. And it's not until you know that, that time where his identity Oops. is revealed and he doesn't have any choice. That, uh, mm-hmm. well, I got to do what I got to do, but you know, otherwise he was he was there just to you know to look for some transistor radio. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's that breathing that like Robinson does really well. There's a few writers that do those offshoot real quick moments with different like cast of characters that just let the story breathe a little, mm-hmm. which is tons of fun for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought Jeff Johns used, uh, did a good job with that when he the flash as well yeah when he first started he did he did a phenomenal job with that yeah mm-hmm. flushing out those villains mm-hmm. mm. Mm. but what about uh the batman solomon grundy story i can't believe that wouldn't be your favorite part that uh, well that was my favorite okay um and it, it was kind of interesting because i wasn't expecting uh grundy to be back so soon after mm-hmm. the way the last arc ended. Um, yeah. But I guess, like, you know, Michael doesn't feel at home with Ted, so he goes away, and Grundy's just Grundy, so of course he's going to go away. Um, but I thought it was really interesting the way that Grundy was handled, uh, because they, they play a lot with, the the mindless like monster Grundy, uh, the nursery rhyme. Yeah, with the imagery, um, but at the same time showcasing this different side of him. And I'm still talking about the 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 Pip story itself. Um, yes. When because uh, Pip's blowing stuff up all over the city, Opal City, um, and he doesn't want to tell anybody why. And the reason why, by the way, is super stupid. Um, but you don't get that till I guess the the end of this volume almost. Mm-hmm. Um, really, he's just doing it just to do it. Uh, and he's got copper. Wasn't he? Wasn't he covering up? Like well, a, yes, a, a yes, contract. But, yes, but you don't learn that till much later. Right. Yeah. Till much <laughs> later, when, when right before Shade shows up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he. Yeah, some guy killed his wife or whatever. Yeah, who cares? Um, <laughs> like when, when it was revealed, I was like, ugh, like that. That's just dumb. I don't care. But you know what? Like, the ride you took me on to get here was worth it more than enough to not even care about the fact that this reveal is stupid. Because um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, because it, it ends up being like a, a cheesy, like golden age, silver age, typical villain plot, right? Yep. It didn't bother me at all. So, you know, whatever. You you kind of expect that when you're reading this because there's, there's so much being drawn from Golden Age. Um, but, yeah, so Grundy comes in. Well, actually, no. One of the Odairs comes upon Grundy in the sewers. Um, and Grundy's fighting them all off or whatever. Wait, is that before or after the explosion? I don't. That was, I believe that was before. That was before, right? Okay, yeah. I thought so. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's, that's right. So, um... Because then Grundy holds up the building while right, people I, get right. evacuated. I and remember that. That that scene, I'm not going to lie, there was a little tear in my eye. Yeah. Okay? Ditto. <laughs> because, because you got Grundy in the sewer, he's fighting off all these cops, and then there's like, listen, I'm, I'm Ted's friend. He's like, Tedster? Oh, well, he said Ted Star, mm-hmm. but, you know, I read a Tedster. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, what else does he call him? Star something. I can't remember what it was. And no. um, he's like, Tester? He's like, you're friends with Tester? He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, Tester's my friend. He's like, um, something about, like, why'd you leave? And he's like, um, I, oh, he's like, were you afraid? Why'd you leave? And he's like, I didn't leave because I was afraid. He's like, I left because I wanted to prove myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because he had killed the Star Spangled Kid. Right, exactly. He killed the Star Spangled Kid. Past, by yeah. accident mm-hmm. by accident but uh he wanted to prove to ted or um well to both of them jack and ted um mm-hmm. that he wasn't a bad guy right because all these other guys know him from past incarnations where he was a villain um mm-hmm. and they play on that quite a bit when alan scott pops in here um and alan scott recounts a lot of the stories of him fighting uh solomon grundy and uh, he's like, I just want to prove myself. And so that's when he finds out about this building about to explode. And he goes to the building and he saves Jack and the stupid ass reporter um, and a couple other people by holding the, the rubble that's falling down um, so that they don't get killed. Um, and of course, like even that is too much for Grundy and it falls on him and he kind of dies. Like he, he, he's dead, but not really. He's kind of in a coma, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when the arc kind of pauses, and you get a couple of these one-shot stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one I thought was really fascinating was when they go into Solomon Grundy's mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they've got Alan Scott pops in. Uh, Batman comes in because he's towing Woodrow around with him. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, Woodrow can talk to plants because he's part of the green. So, I mean, a lot of this started making sense. because it, and what was really fascinating is, is not, he's not only bringing stuff in the Golden Age, but he's really tying it in deep into current, as of this time, continuity. Because mm-hmm. um, this would have been right after all the, the Alan Moore Swamp thing, um, where a lot of that mythology was really fleshed out that wasn't there before. Right. Um, and I mean, to use Woodrow, like, I, I didn't remember him as this character. 
um, I remembered him a, a slightly differently. Mm. Um, so that was kind of interesting to see. Um, yeah, and it was like uh, Woodrow was out on leave. Like, eh, I got him from Arkham Asylum. Yeah, they, right. they, they, yeah, they got him out of Arkham because since he is a plant, um, they figured he would be able to talk to Solomon Grundy and maybe heal him uh, yep. with his use of the green. And he's like, well, I'll try, but, you know, he's green, but he's also kind of gray. Um, yeah, he can go deeper than anyone else can. Right, exactly. Into Solomon Grundy, yeah. Exactly. So that was interesting. Um, and the way they get in there is they... I guess Ted like connects all their brains to Solomon's brain, and they do like uh, what's that movie? The Jennifer Love the Cell. You guys seen that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I saw that a long time ago. They, they pull a cell and go into Grundy's brain, <laughs> um, and they have to fight off a bunch of Grundies because, of course, uh, all his different personalities live inside Grundy's green brain space at the same mm-hmm. time, uh, including. His original persona, Cyrus Gold, who's a total <sighs> jackass. <laughs> yes. Total jackass. Yeah, when I was reading that, uh, I remember I sent you an image of all of the Grundies coming after the heroes. And I just, I remember writing to you and just saying, I want all of these Grundies out in comic books right now. And <laughs> they were all so neat looking. <laughs> Surely you would think somebody would have thought of that, right? Yeah, you you forget about all those incarnations Mm -hmm. and how different they are. Mm -hmm. So obviously, when he gets, uh, when he, what would you even call it, regenerates himself? Yes, that one personality will become dominant and push all the other ones down. Well, it's kind of like Doctor Who, right? Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, Doctor Who, when he regenerates, he's not the same person. Right. He, he might have some of the same memories, but his personality is usually completely different. Um, and, and granted, that makes a little more sense for TV, so they can, you know, flip through different actors. But uh, I think it was really interesting the way it was done here. Again, because it ties so deeply into all that mythology of the green. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, well, you let me know if you read any Robinson Grundy in any of the current uh, DC comics, because I will buy those at cover <laughs> price without a doubt. Well, well, you know, I would love to see that character again. I, I, I have three dogs. My wife named the the last one after Betty White from the Golden Girls, but mm-hmm. I, I named the other two. One is Ginger from Valiant, and the big one is Solomon Grundy. Oh. So. Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, the big one, Solomon Grundy. Very interesting. Yep. So it was kind of weird when uh, when when Jack's going around talking to Solly, and I'm like, God damn it, he's talking to my dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But did uh, you like did you like Stephen Yowl? Is that how you pronounce his name? Yowl, Yowl. Sure. Did you like his, Did you like his artwork? Um. Yes and no. Because um, when I originally read it, it's such a departure from Harris. I had no interest in it, and I'm not. A big I just fan. and I kept waiting for his. Um, I kept waiting for Harris to come back, 
but rereading it uh, for the umpteenth time now, looking at his version of Ted Knight and Green Lantern and Grundy especially, I really loved how simple it was. We'll see. Like the... it, it, it put it into the past a yes. lot more than like Harris's artwork could. Right. I think I think Harris's art fits in through. I mean, Harris could have done this easily. I think. Oh, for sure. Because um, I think even Harris has a couple different styles that he uses throughout the series, um, and he could have picked one of those for this. Um, but you know, then the problem would be it could have ended up being too similar to. Um, the issues where uh, Jack talks to David, his dead brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and of, of course, you don't want that. But I mean, really, for an issue like this, you can pick anybody because it doesn't, it, you're, it, it's not in reality, right? It's outside of, of the reality of the book, it's in somebody's mm-hmm. brain. Um, and so you could do a different artist, have a different look and feel, and it would be okay. Um, and this guy. Like part of it, I was reading. I was like, it's like I'm reading uh, Batman Animated Adventures, you know. Um, oh yeah. N- not because it's as good an art style as that, um, but because it is kind of a cartoony animated type style, um, whereas Harris is a little more realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see cartoony. I just see it. Uh, it's very stylized and stripped down. Very stripped down. Yeah. And I mean yep. the way the way the colors are done here, it's almost like if you were picking up, again like a golden age book as it was brand new, mm-hmm. with those crazy vibrant colors, um, I could see it looking like that. Yeah, know? so absolutely. I, I didn't mind it as much, um, but yeah, I mean overall I thought it, it was a fantastic issue. Not well. Yeah, it's 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 one of my favorites in in this volume. I will say that. Um, but I don't know if it's it's my favorite. We'll, we we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I know what mm-hmm. my favorite is. You Ooh. know what your favorite is? Oh yeah. Which one? You're gonna get to it already. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. The, Stay tuned. Uh, the the it's 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 the last the last issue where where she calls. Justice League. Ah, spoilers. <laughs> oh, <Ooh. well. laughs> hey, minor spoiler. That's also my favorite. Uh, is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What was she said? I think what I'm trying to remember. She sends Firestorm away, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she can't beat him, and and kills most of the most of the rest of them. Yep. That was a pretty ingenious plan. Yeah. All right. So I have a question because I didn't look this up. And I was, I was reading comics at this time, not, not very many. This was during my uh, my high school years, so I uh, I had severely cut down because you know and girls, you just... girls in sports. I was I was gonna say you discovered girls. <laughs> um, but issue thirty five has the Genesis logo up top, and I'm not very familiar with this. Was this a crossover event? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's something to do with the New Gods, but I can't recall what. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. What exactly uh, what was going on? I, I, I couldn't say. Yeah, again, I wasn't reading comics much at this time, and uh, the name didn't sound familiar, so I just figured it was just one of those meh crossovers. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of mash just, stuff... Yeah, go ahead. Just, just to let you know, by 
favorite issue if you want if you're going uh favorite issues mm-hmm. is well both of you are wrong of course um <laughs> but issue 37 okay the, is that the talking with david it is the talking with david 97 that's my um, second that's my second favorite issue of the, of the but body. the part that of course rips out my heart is the annual mm. that crushed me just crushed me it, uh, Uh, And how many, and I hate to say it, how many people, I understand adults, uh but like, there's a a portion of people that might not buy an annual, just figuring, eh, it's, it's a throwaway, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And how, like, this annual sort of speaks volumes to the next omnibuses coming up. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it just, it crushes me. Same with the um, Secret Files. Well, uh, which yeah, I you, mean, didn't, you didn't read Barton, right? No, I did not. Because it but, is a story that, I mean, Robinson does so good. It is a story being told from Ted's perspective. And, and it's being mirrored with Jack. So it's almost like a eight panel grid layout and on the left is Ted going through pictures or thinking about like um, his adventures. And then on the right is Jack thinking about his adventures going through pictures. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's such a great connection there, but how many people aren't picking up secret files? Well, even the, uh, to your point, even the annual is like, this is where you find out who Sadie is. Yeah, and and and, and it why, crushes him. Yeah, and it's like, uh, <laughs> it, just like you said. I mean, if you're reading these in real time as they were coming out, and you skip the annuals, you would. I mean, I'm sure as we'll get into the next one, you know, that they kind of reference and stuff. But you know, at first you'd be like, okay, what is going on? Why is he doing this? Or you know, who is Sadie again? And and you know, it's funny that they put that much importance into an annual mm-hmm. well I mean considering how the rest of the book has been going are you really surprised no not really but it, I, I guess more that I'm not surprised but I find it interesting That's... it's, yeah, it's oh, sure, a sure, big sure. it's a big reveal but Robinson is smart enough to completely shift gears over to um, Paris so all of a sudden it's like let's forget about Jack and Starman. Let's go over here with Mist and you know check in on her for a couple issues. So guess what? By the time Sadie comes back, even not even in the issues, but like even just the thought of her comes back in floppies. Good God, that that could be five six months down the road. And most readers, unless you're um, an avid reader reading it upteen times, you probably already forgot that he was dating Sadie. Sadie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe yeah, kind of I... wanted to forget he was dating Sadie. No, that was a that was a good. I thought that it opened up his heart really, really well. Meh. I showed a different side of him. She doesn't have dead eyes. God, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Oh man! But I have to say, all the way leading up to even uh, Annual Two, and some of the O'Dare stuff, 
why is James Robinson not writing a modern Western? Because whenever he does any little scene that involves a flashback with a Western, it's for me, it's really, really captivating. Mm-hmm. It has a really like tonal change to it, but yet it's it's almost where he can strip down all of the BS comic history and just like, hey, let me talk let me talk about emotions and love and relationships, like core like tenets of like uh, men relating to their environment or women relating to their environment. It's fascinating for me. So I want to very briefly talk about my least favorite issue. Oh, boy. And, I mean, you guys might disagree, but maybe not. Um, it's the one, uh, issue 36. It's the the Will Payton uh, Starman. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I got to go I gotta go reference it. I, I, I... No, oh, you don't. Oh, have... I remember. This is you don't have to word. reference that at all. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the one where he's fighting that... that... Uh, couple, right? The robbers. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, it's like James Robinson fell in love with Thelma and Louise and wanted yeah. to write about it. Yeah, yeah. With, with the '80s Starman. Yeah, I mean, it was just. I mean, it was. Fun. I don't know what it is. It, it was what it was. It really didn't. I'll I'll give it. Here's my positive take. I love the Art Deco look of the cover. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> so that, that's all I can say. I praise. <laughs> I like yeah. the I like the last panel. Um where they're talking about uh the the, the Bodines remain at large. Mm-hmm. Um they bring Deathstroke in. So things like that kinda get me excited uh-huh. to see like are they gonna pick this line back up at some point in the future? Is uh is Deathstroke gonna pop in here? I mean Nick you were rare, this don't tell me. But, you know, some things like that. Um, the cover is great. There were a couple parts in this issue that kind of made me laugh. Because um, it was kind of like, yeah, I agree. So Robinson loves Thelma and Louise. You want to write the story. But at the same time, like, it's almost like, uh, so these guys made the Starman book right before I did. And it was hot garbage. Um it didn't last very long. The costumes were terrible. The villains were terrible. Uh, Eclipso kicked his ass and killed him. Like that, that's pretty much what happens, <laughs> right? In the narration. Um, so I thought that was interesting. But uh, I, it, I it, wish I could find all of the other Starman in, uh, incarnations mm-hmm. in quarter bins because I would like to read even the goofy-looking '70s one. I'd like to read that. Well, believe it or not, this this one that we're talking about with Will Payton lasted 45 issues. That's amazing. I I have issue number one. And oh. back in 1988, after I read number one, I said, that's it. I don't need any more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Too uh-huh. funny. But when I remember before we started down this Starman omnibus road, I remember a certain Daryl Taylor saying how dated Starman is. Mm-hmm. And I still will poo-poo that. But there are certain references, especially when the couple is holding a waitress hostage and they're asking Will, who's your favorite singer to the waitress? And she's like, Randy Travis. And I'm hmm. like, yep, if that was... 
you know, <laughs> Billie Holiday, that would make it timeless. Randy Travis puts it right <laughs> in a certain wheelhouse. And not only that, but you could tell that he's kind of mimicking uh, kind of like a Pulp Fiction type mm-hmm. thing as well. You know? Mm-hmm. But now I'm looking at these all these um, issues for this volume. And I think that just for historical purposes, I'm going to have to buy issue 26 and 27 because 26 is the first appearance of David Knight and the first appearance of Kyle. Um, Rainer? No, not Kyle Rainer. Kyle, uh, the Mist's son that uh, died in the first volume. Interesting. Yeah. And then 27 has the origin of both. Hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Are they are they decent covers or are they a little no. uh, dated? They're very, very, <laughs> very dated. Oh, okay. Very All dated. Right. Yeah. Mm. All right, let's get to Nick's favorite issue. You know what? Now, now that I'm flipping through it, you might be right, Nick. Yeah. I might I might have to change my rating. Put this at one. Put thirty eight at two, and uh, thirty four at number three. Um. This is another issue where Jack talks to his dead brother David mm-hmm. in beautiful black and white with David in color, of course. And he meets a bunch of dead heroes from the Golden Age. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. You it got uh, awesome. the original Mr. Terrific, the Red Bee, Our Man, Zatara, Black Canary, Dr. Midnight, and the Atom. Mm-hmm. Which of course I knew all of these except the Red Bee. I have never heard of this guy. Right. <laughs> and it was it was awesome at the end because there's a little switcheroo with the Red Bee at the end of the issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but Nick, so since this is your favorite, why is it your favorite? Uh, I loved the little and Robinson gave probably two to four issues per character, mm-hmm. and had them walk through their relationship to Jack's father, their relationship to just being a superhero. Um, I like the Black Canary part. Um, I always like Dr. Midnight. And to do just a um, my dinner with Andre type setting of just people sitting at a table talking and reminiscing, that could be such a dull setting and I was completely glued. I didn't need any action or anything. It was um, all the characters had their separate voices. They were all independent from each other. That's where I think a lot of writers, they don't do stuff like that well. Hmm. They might have an idea of where they want to take a story or where a character should take a story, but does the character have a completely different voice? I'm not sure. There's quite a few that just, it feels almost like you're reading a play and it's being narrated by one person. Not even like, it's almost like a book on tape. So I I find it interesting this is your favorite because uh, not the way the story is told necessarily uh, because it is a completely different setting. It's like a dinner party for dead superheroes. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way the story progresses, a lot of it reminds me of all the flashback stuff in Watchmen when they refer to the original Watchmen team, the Minutemen, um, Mm -hmm. before, you know, uh, what's his face? Oh, God. 
Owlman and uh, Spectre 2 and all that with, with their parents when they were members of the team mm-hmm. um, and how those interactions uh, occurred. Because, you know, a lot of times, like, when, when these comics were coming out in the 40s and 50s, they were written for kids, right? Um, and so they, they've got, like, a little... They've got a sense of wonder. They don't necessarily deal with tough issues a lot of the times. Um, and so you read them, and it's just kind of more of a fun read. Um, but, you know, Robinson, what he has done throughout the entirety of Starman, and I think this issue in particular is a good example of it, is making those characters actual people and not just cartoon versions of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what fascinated me about this issue. Um, in, f- in fact, I was so fascinated. I had no idea Black Canary came out in the 40s. Mm. So I had mm. to go back and do a little bit of research on Black Canary um, and I might see if I can find some collections or anything from earlier stuff. Because I've only known Black Canary from Green Arrow stuff. Um, but apparently she appeared in the Flash. Like she, she, her origin story is in the Flash. Um, she's been around since 47. She was the first female superhero. Uh, or one of the first female superheroes. Um, really interesting. And I, I've never been interested in black canary as more than kind of a background character but the way that she was portrayed at this dinner party i was just kind of fascinated i I don't know what it was i I really don't know what it was um but i was very interested in going back and and see if i can read some more in her um yeah and that's kind of been the way this whole series has been to be honest i mean i haven't gone into you know deep dives recently because my time is very limited um but what you know if you remember after read volume one i was reading all kinds of crap um oh yeah that had any, yeah, any right, minor yes. connection to anything that was mentioned in, in this book um oh. and I, I when i have more time i'd love to go back and do that some more but for now starman it is yeah when when robinson was writing starman this was well before anyone could pull up a wiki page and find out information. Right, right, right. So it definitely made it fun to scour around and try to, like, all of a sudden you're pulling out of the quarter bin or cheapo boxes like, oh, an All-Star Squadron issue. Hey, I recognize that guy. Mm-hmm. And let me buy it. Like, it, it inspired you to do a little bit of deep diving if you wanted to learn something or you just recognize a character and you wanted to learn a little something else yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yep and it was just fun to like know that there's all this history behind it that you might not be readily aware of but like you said nick you could actually do some research if you wanted to mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like robinson's tied down to it either he's i mean your example's perfect martin he's people might know all this history from the 40s of red canary but robinson's taking it in a different direction of like well you saw black canary with um ted knight in such and such issues sure right. well here's what happens you know after that panel left them on the rooftop this is what happens yep yep uh, there's some there's some cool 
like funny things in here too. It's not all seriousness. Um, I like when they're talking about Zatara. He's like, oh yeah, there's a book about you written in the 50s. Zatara, Man of Magic. Boring title, boring book. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and then the, then the whole thing with the red bee um, kind of made me sad, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I didn't bother to see if red bee was a, an actual character. And maybe I should have after I felt bad for him. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I but knew... I, that the point? Well, exactly. I knew all the other guys. And then they get to Red B telling his story. And he's like, um, oh, God, let me find it. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, right. did, didn't didn't he ask, like, well, I guess no one wants to know about my story. Well, it was it was right after the Mr. Terrific story. Because mm. he's like, I, I didn't have any powers. I just had this cool Fair Play logo on my shirt. And everybody thought it was awesome. And Red B's like, that's a bunch of bullshit. He's like, there's nothing awesome about fair play. <laughs> He's like, that's kids' playground boy scout bullshit. Um, and he goes and talks a little bit about himself. And I mean, he must have made this up. I don't know. Maybe not. No, no, no. The, the Red B first appeared in Hit Comics number one in 1940. Oh, wow. Quality Comics. Yep. Makes sense. <laughs> His makes abilities sense. were carrying a stinger gun and the use of trained bees. Ooh. Thematic. Wow. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, I, now I have to preface this uh, day with his brother, day with David. Yeah. Is it my favorite day with day day with David? No, absolutely not. But any day with David in whatever collection will uh, spoiler alert. It will be my favorite issue <laughs> in every omnibus. Awesome. They're they're very well done and they're very emotional. Yeah. I mean, could you even imagine just think? I mean, Martin, you're. We all know what your favorite character is. Just if every year, each of the Bat titles had like, oh, now we're gonna flash back in Detective, just a one shot. We're going to flash back to an adventure you've never seen from 1953 or whatever. Who's writing this story? <laughs> but but you know what? I, okay, James Robinson. Okay, say. good. Now you're somebody, talking. Somebody who can, like, harness the history, you sure. know? yeah. Like, just – even just one one-shot and then, like, a Batman title. You know, it's like that's what I miss from – like I want detective to be detective stories, so of course I want a detective story set in 1953. I don't know. Detective right now is a pretty good X Men title. <laughs> that it is, absolutely. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I, I know, would yeah, love absolutely. to have. I totally got you. Yeah. Even if they do just like an annual, I would. I would love that. I would love to read a Superman story from like 1962. That would be awesome. Yep. yep. The Lost Files. Oh God! Sign me up. Mm-hmm. Hell, mm-hmm. give give me a Superman crypto issue, just a one shot <laughs> every year. I'd be freaking happy. Oh. Crypto's my jam. Rob, let's talk about your favorite issue. Yeah. Oh, the the, the last. It, well, this was your favorite issue until you until, until Nick uh, shone the light on me. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Rob, your favorite arc. It is the closest to a movie. It is mm. such 
it is so well written with flashbacks, flash forwards, and like I love the how everything jigsaw puzzles together at the end. So good. Very smart writing. Well, I'm a, I ever since the the first um the first volume of the first arc, I've I've just really liked Nash. So um mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to yeah, kind of she's hot. She's yeah, right. crazy. <laughs> She's totally crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, to you know, kind of see this. You know, I, I mean, let's be honest. This was not the best Justice League team uh, <laughs> that, that ever that ever was created. And, and yet, it's not James Robinson is not making up these characters as the Justice League. These were really the characters in Justice League Europe yes. that weren't just weren't being used anymore. You know, right, right. Is and, this why you two like this issue so much? Because I never read Justice League Europe <laughs> or International. I never I read, read International. I read very, very little of it, Nick. But I just think it's funny that the that you know Robinson is like, well, oh, we got a bunch of these characters that you know nobody's nobody's using, but really had already been established as a Justice League team in Europe. Let's go ahead and do something with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just as you said, um, you know, just everything just set up. And, oh. you know, they, they think they're, they're going to the art museum to, to, to guard stuff. And, and it's know. so beneath them. Right. Exactly. So you, have, you have all these superheroes, right? And they're just standing around a museum, just just guarding stuff. And and then you, you find that I think it was, was Ice that, that she dressed up as, if I remember. Yeah, the Ice Maiden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because Ice Maiden actually wasn't even uh, there. Uh, <laughs> so she was still, so she she's, she's still alive after this as well. But um, then just one by one, just just killing, <laughs> killing them oh. one at a time. Amazing. Well, yeah, because she so the Mist Two appeals to Ice Maiden's weird European nationalist pride. And mm-hmm. tells her there's some craziness going on in, in her country. Um, and so she leaves. And the mist takes over as Ice Maiden. So the whole, exactly. team, the whole team thinks the whole time that Ice Maiden's still there, but she's off wherever, wherever she's from. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, all, it's all red herrings and sleight of hand. Yes. So she can, so she can set up just taking them out in pretty gruesome fashion right yeah yeah and she's hanging out with uh crimson fox and you know I, I, she kills her first and oh and robinson giving everyone just the corniest accents like he is <laughs> he's accenting how bad those accents are uh-huh. and you know she sends she sends you know firestorm away with uh i think a nuclear uh emergency that yes. there's gonna yeah. be yes that was the best red herring <laughs> <laughs> of course the most like obedient person is like i'll be back whoop gone and and I, I, if you guys i thought it was very interesting uh with how uh she killed blue devil and i don't know if you remember oh yeah yeah yeah, holy, yeah. the sprinklers with holy water yep mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was clever as hell yeah, yeah. Because at that point, you know, he had gone from just being bonded to a, a special effects suit to actually being mm-hmm. a blue devil. 
uh, with you know everything that comes with that. So, um, yeah, what, it, it was. What, what was that event? Something evil, right? Yeah. Forever uh, evil? No. Well, forever evil was something. Was it? It was. Was it Underworld Unleashed? That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's oh. it. Oh. Yeah, with because uh, that, that came Neuron, up, that right? came up earlier with uh, who was it? Uh, oh shit, Phosphorus Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor Phosphorus. Doctor Phosphorus. Mm-hmm. He showed up in the previous arc or two arcs ago. Right with uh, uh, better powers or whatever. Yes, 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 yes. But they, they but they referenced that event there as well. Yes. Yep, yep. And actually, in that one other little, I think it was in one of the showcases I'd mentioned in the last episode when we covered. Um, this it was just like one, one showcase story with the shade that Neron came to the shade to try to offer him more powers. He's like, "Screw you! I'm I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good." He's like, "What? I'm good. Don't worry about it." Yeah. He's like, "What are you gonna do? Make my my shadows blacker?" He's <laughs> oh. like, "Get out of here." Well, Rob, what what do you have against love? The love what? of Fox and Amazing Man. I've got nothing against it, Nick. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, why? Why are we not talking about that? Because all of a sudden they started a little kindling, <laughs> and then, of course, Fox is off, and then Amazing Man reaches out to grab the power of the wall. <laughs> yes. What the <laughs> hell does that even mean? And of course, it's a wall of ice. So he uh. freezes himself, and then she. Sh- no, she no, no, it's glass. Ice. It was glass. Oh, glass, glass. Yeah, yeah she, she painted, painted yeah, the glass. She painted the glass. <laughs> which was so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, these people, no wonder they're just dummies. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, man. I and just, I hate to it was, say it. It's just so enjoyable to watch. Oh. You know, but like modern, a... modern publishers should take this into account. Like, all of a sudden, if... Uh, alpha flight sales are dropping. Why not? Why not pull this out? Because I'm yeah. sure they could. DC could bring back all of these characters, and no one would blink an eye. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's a great way to get rid of a title that's like, eh, we're gonna axe it anyway. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> mm, poor Firestorm. And, you know, and then it, you know, it establishes her as you know, calculating, yet crazy character. So. Yeah, she was awesome in this issue. Oh, I love it. Yeah, she was fantastic. I love how she's talking to the baby the whole time, and the baby starts yes. crying. She's like, here's my tit. Have some food. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was great. I love I love that Firestorm comes back to the museum, and he's just like, huh, false alarm. That's weird. <laughs> and then the, then the museum blows up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I forgot about that. Just like, see a Firestorm. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. I totally forgot that. Uh, it was the one of the funniest issues I've read in a while. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it's it's very, <laughs> it's very enjoyable. <laughs> so strange. Oh, any final thoughts on this? Uh, I like, think you need to pick up the Secret Files number one, just to let you know. Is it on Comicsology? Uh, I highly doubt it. Yeah. I don't know why Comixology doesn't do it, but the art is by uh, Phil Jimenez and Ooh. Lee Weeks. Nice. So it's it's well worth doing, and the title of it is uh, "Talking with Ted, Talking with Jack." So I'll see if they've got it at uh, at Heroes. Cool. 
It it shouldn't cost that money. Come on. Oh, yeah. no. I'll be I'll be shocked that's if any of the dealers actually bring it to Heroes. <laughs> that's that's, yeah, that's a good thing. point. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. That's my problem with uh, I'm trying to, you know, get the few uh, wild uh, not wild series, Stormwatch books that I still need mm. so I can move off. Yeah. And mm. you know I mean nobody's really bringing those <laughs> to, to the cons, so it's not really those aren't hot uh, sellers. They're not hot sellers. Well, I mean I'm yeah. sure the the Midnighter one is right. You know what? I was looking. I didn't see it, but you really? think if they had anything, it would have. The, they'd have that one. That's yeah, because sure. that's the only one worth anything. Exactly. Interesting. Well, this. Oh, my last little two cents. Mm-hmm. The episode three of our roundtable discussion of Starman omnibuses. Mm-hmm. It took way too long for episode three to come out. It did. <laughs> we have to kick it up a notch and get through four so we can launch out four in a much more appropriate time. Agreed. Sounds good. Agreed. And I, and believe me, I, I blame myself almost fully because I've been pretty crazy the last like month. So, well, well Nick, me and Martin blame you too. Okay, yes. good. Good, good, good. I was gonna, I was gonna blame myself, but you know what? Fuck that. I'm blaming Nick. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll put it on my shoulders. <laughs> no, I mean we we can probably do it by uh by the end of June for sure. Yeah, cool. I think that would work out great. We we still need to talk to Daryl about Inferno, you know. Oh, yeah, you guys have to do your book club on that. Mm-hmm. I have so many questions. This is <laughs> you with Starman is one thing, Martin. Yes. Me, I went from reading reading X Men. And all and a lot of the offshoots, I won't say all, um, to like the burn Claremont, of course, Mm -hmm. not when it was originally coming out. I had to like pay a lot of money to get back issues of those. And I got up to Paul Smith and Claremont and then I was like, nope, I'm out. (laughs) Why? Why were you out? (laughs) Um, Because I hated the brood. Oh I my thought, god. Oh. I thought it was such an alien ripoff and they kept going back to the oh, brood. So I love much. the brood. Now I like the brood. I have no problem with the brood. I like the brood even when they <laughs> showed up in uh Planet Hulk. But You know what's <laughs> funny is that like I was aware of aliens or alien I should say, but I hadn't seen alien, so I actually like read that saga before I actually saw <laughs> that's the way I to knew, do it I still knew that it was derivative of it but it didn't make a difference because my first story that I read was in the X-Men not on screen mm-hmm. that's like reading Cable and not ever seeing Terminator right <laughs> <laughs> like yep that would have been the best way to see it and I probably would have loved the brood if I would have done it that way Exactly. so, so going back and reading Inferno Boy, do I have questions. <laughs> and I and you know me, Martin. I'm not going to jump on a wiki page to figure out like, all right, oh, yeah. who's Power yeah. Pack? I have no idea who that is, but I just sat through like seven issues of them. Mm-hmm. Ufa. Ufa is right. Anyway, we got to figure that out. And there's no way we can't do the whole thing in one episode, dude. Oh, I'm sure we can't. Yeah, that'd be a 12-hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, no, thank if, you. If you want to read along Starman Volume Four, sometime in the next month, 
Uh, it's going to be Starman number 39 to 46. Starman 80 page giant number one. Starman the Mist number one. The Power of Shazam 35 and 36. All right. Heck yeah. That's the, that's the crossover. That's right. Yep. Is that and, that's Jerry Ordway and Sprouse, right? Definitely Jerry Ordway. I don't remember. Oh, it's so good. Finally, one of my yes. favorite crossovers of all time. Oh. Batman Hellboy Starman 1 and 2. Hell yeah! Oh. <laughs> it's going to be a goodie. <laughs> it is going to be a goodie. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, that's going to be it. You can find Nick at Nick Wetmore. Rob is at Rob Krieger. We pronounce his name correctly here. I'm at <laughs> Geekvine. Yeah. At Nerd Allegiance the show. Good night. Good night.